Bottom line up front, we're all marketing our own skills and our own backgrounds pretty much all the time. If you want to make a change into your life, to your career, to your anything, knowing how to market yourself and your background is a critical first step. Today's episode covers getting into and having some examples of how to get out of marketing. See you in there. Hi there, Steve here. Welcome to 15 Minute CMO. I'm being joined today by Dr. Barnaby Pung. He's currently the uh, Director of Marketing Communications for the Merit Network. Uh, But prior to taking this role, he helmed his own business where he was consulting for a variety of clients. So think across brand and product and service development, strategic planning, change management, important things. Uh, Now, he's also a former college administrator. In fact, that's where Barnaby and I first met, uh, was higher ed administration. And he was an academic dean. Now, he's got a lot of experience uh, in executive leadership. He brings this background of program innovations, government and community partnerships, all of which really are award-winning when you get into his past. And that has led to several career shifts, uh, which is really, I mean, it, it's true. And it happens for all of us. And I think a lot of people listening today are getting caught up. Maybe they're one of the hundreds of thousands of people caught up in tech layoffs, even. And it's really about how you can apply your skills either to marketing, communications, events, from marketing to other stuff. And to cap it all off, he actually teaches. He's still teaching at the college level, career skills at the Washtenaw Community College, which, take it from a guy with a few degrees, I probably should have started in community college instead of going right to a four-year university. Uh, I'd be less um, dependent on what Joe Biden's student loan cancellation policy is going to be if I had done that. You and me both. (laughs) But, yeah, so with that, Barnaby, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you could – have me here it's awesome i absolutely it's it's a pleasure uh it's good to talk to you again i know we chat offline frequently but to get some of the wisdom in the can i think would be helpful for a lot of folks and it was when we were kicking around some ideas you mentioned like this this transferability of skills um organization to organization arena to arena new job who knows but in general you know Tell me a bit about that. Like, if you were to give me advice, as you have done for the last, we've known each other for 15 years, as you oh, have. We met when for we more were than a dec- clearly five. So. Oh, yeah, we were <laughs> children. We were looking into our first lemonade stand. Um, if you're going to give me advice, right, I'm like, I want to make a move. What do I do? What would, where would I start? The, well, usually there's a reason you're making the move, and that is your start point. What is it about what you're doing right now or what you were doing that makes you say, you know what, I don't really want to do that anymore. Because what you're really looking for is you fall into the habit of creating resumes, creating interview answers to questions. Even your job search is framed by what you've done and where you are. And so like dating, you're like, oh, I keep dating the wrong kind of person. When people say that, it's the same way with a job search. You're, you're looking at the same things that are no longer a fit for you, but may have once been before. So you need to do an assessment of, you know, what is it I'm looking for? And what is it that I don't want that I had prior? Or what does I need more of that I'm not getting enough of? So when you start asking these questions of yourself, that's how you start to lay the groundwork for building out your profile for 
what you're looking for in a new career, a new job. Mm-hmm. I think too, though, back to, as we've mentioned around, like, I feel like a lot of folks feel hemmed in like, oh, well, I, I keep doing that because that's what I did before. And uh, how do I, I've always been a content marketer. So I must have to go do content marketing or something like that. Yeah, it's so it's easy to fall into. I give, I'll, I'll use myself as an example in this, but I started off as a K twelve teacher. My undergraduate degree, I have my bachelor's in English education, and I was a high school English and history teacher for a whole whopping two years. And then I do that thing that a twenty year old, twenty something year old does, and followed my girlfriend to grad school. She's not my wife, so that was a good gamble. So, yeah, that one worked. Know. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't always, but uh, I'm I'm okay. good for that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, in grad school, I kind of looked at that, and I'm I was like, I still like teaching. I still liked education. I was doing a uh, degree in library science, and but I did not see the fit for me. And then I discovered in that point when I was working as a hall director that, oh, this is what bridges everything together, is the whole education, student education. And so you're finding, I have these skill sets. I thought I'd be locked into teaching. But when I came into a job interview, it's being able to express the skills you have to a new audience using their words. And so... When you're teaching, what's a hall director? Yeah, before you get into that, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> the hall director is uh, it's a residence hall director. So if you've if you've been in the college environment, a four year environment, there's resident advisors or mm-hmm. resident mentors, and they're kind of like the student staff in a building that do programs and they uh, activities. Uh, do some kind of building security type pieces as well. And as a residence hall director, you're coordinating all those efforts. So there's elements of, you know, promoting programs and getting students engaged in the campus life. And you're really the on the ground people bringing and engaging students. And so with that, you know, engaging students, if you can sell students Shakespeare as a high school English teacher, you yeah. you can sell college students on going to the health center for some kind of educational activity about, you know, safe sex or whatever. Yeah. No, that's fair. I get it. And, that's, and I appreciate the explanation because I think listeners, you know, that might not be able to make the jump to even the idea that a high school English teacher is actually doing some selling and some marketing. Like, hey, we need to make Shakespeare relevant to brains that aren't quite there. Like product needs experience needs to be relevant to a mind that might not be receptive to that. And as you mentioned, a language that they don't speak. <laughs> right. Cause they're like, Oh, what is this thing? So yeah. it's uh, I, so it's funny. Cause so I've had a lot of being in students and teaching and working with students in higher ed. Um, I have a lot of former students and I had a call just last week with a former student from Eastern Michigan who worked in marketing and advertising and uh, copy editing, copywriting, and was featured highly in uh, mobility and transport and transportation, transit. And she has recently moved into working for the state government in their mobility office. So it's taking, she's moving from a marketing sector jobs into now government relations, community outreach role. And we were joking on the phone because our world overlaps with merit and doing network and 
the internet, connectivity, and then connectivity and mobility. It's all kind of in that similar world. And we were mm -hmm. joking that, you know, here she is moving out of marketing at the exact same time as I'm moving into marketing. <laughs> and we had a really good conversation about exactly this, how the thing about any type of product development and marketing is it's all built around strategy. Teaching is built around strategy. You, what's my strategy to get these students to know this information so that they can then apply or use it? As a marketer, it's like, I need to get, how do I get this message to the right people so that they want to take action and mm -hmm. take the action that I want them to, whether it's engage, sign up for a service, buy something. And when you're doing strategic planning, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to sell your organization on achieving the vision and the outcomes that you want them to achieve. And then what are the things I have to do to get these calls to action to actually happen? So in the end, it's all, it's all strategy and tactics designed to achieve a result that you want, which is people taking actions you want them to take. Right. Now you've you let's stick with your track, but feel free to bring in a student's anecdote as well. Where like, okay, I'm actually trying to sell myself now. I have for one reason or another. Maybe it wasn't even my decision. There was a, a layoff or a firing or something where I need to make a move, and suddenly I'm marketing myself as opposed to products that I'm used to marketing, features that I know because I can talk to a subject matter expert in my company. And it's like, oh, sh shoot, now I'm the product in some respect. Like, I've felt that like mental roadblock on that, staring at a blank screen when it comes to putting a resume together. Like, what? how could I go overcome that? Oh, it's always easier to do it for someone else. Um, oh. <laughs> you know I mean? That's true. Right? That's true. Doing it for yourself yeah. is when you're the product, you have to be self-reflective and mm -hmm. that is something that I think I had a little advantage in that sense because when you have formal training and education being self-reflective about your practice and saying this worked this didn't work why did it not work was it a student issue was it an administration issue was it a me issue like being able to realistically self-assess is really at the core of professional teaching practice and education practice, but it's still hard. Even when you know that you, what you should be doing, doing it is actually hard. And I think that's where, that's where you're, you said it already. Subject matter expert is you need to go to the subject matter experts on you. Who are the people that know you that are willing to really give you honest feedback and say, this is actually what you're good at. But you kind of suck at this, so I wouldn't really highlight that. Um, yeah. That could be former supervisors. It could be, you know, it can be friends. Um, it can be relatives. Relatives are kind of a bad choice. I would stay away from relatives because they'll give you advice, but their advice is oftentimes ground it grounded in a um, too much care and concern or too much familiarity. And love. Yeah. They love you. They love you. And they know they're going to be across the table from you at several holidays in the future. So they're not going right. to be like, hey, Barnaby, you're a, you just don't have people skills. No one's going to say that. <laughs> They'll be like, what? Oh, and then your friends are going to show, throw shade at you no matter what. So, you know, true friends are going to, they're going to tell you what you need to hear. Um, and then this is the part that's really interesting. Find somebody whose opinion you can trust 
and who doesn't work in the field that you work in. Because if they work in the field you work in, you run into the the problem of groupthink and of uh, professional think. So they understand what you're saying. When so, if I'm in education and I'm looking to move into marketing, they're going to understand all of my education parts, but it's going to feel weird to them because they're going to mm-hmm. say it doesn't sound quite educationy enough. And so they're going to kind of draw you back into the existing career by their review of language and their comments, even when they're trying to push you outside, if they're still in it, they're going to draw you kind of back to it. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, that resonates really well. I mean, I'm thinking about like the what statement that a marketer would put on like say website copy, show yes. that to someone not in your industry, because if they understand it, then you're good to go. But if it only speaks to like whoever's in there with you, you're not, Reaching the audience as yep. succinctly as you could. Okay. Do a LinkedIn learning, do a training, do a video on something that is totally not related to something you've done before. Um, I was doing a project with a client about a training project when I was consulting and saying mm-hmm. they wanted to develop a certification program and they had all the subject matter as experts for lean and uh, continuous improvement processes. And And in the process of going through that and learning from the subject matter experts, I decided, you know what, this is interesting. So I picked up a certificate in Lean Continuous Improvement. Mm -hmm. And learning that language gave, I was able to say, oh, this is very similar to education. This is very similar to marketing. This is very Mm -hmm. similar to like all these other places, but because the concept was designed to exist for manufacturing, but then has been already translated to several other careers. It was, it was one, it just resonated with me and gave me a new language to speak about the skills that I have. And they talk about the five whys all the time, (laughs) which is also in marketing, right? (laughs) Why would I buy this product? Why should I buy it from you? Why is this better than, you know, what the other offerings are, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, is that uh, – I actually haven't caught up with you on this one. Is that what you're working on now? Or what are you doing with uh, um, with Merit that uh, listeners would find? So, uh, yeah, with Merit, I'm, I've moved from this consulting work and training development. And what happened – and this is just a little backstory to whether it makes sense – is in developing online training, the pandemic hit. So I got this contract with a small startup, tech startup, and as – we know tech startups have very limited resources and they're like, how do we do this? And we need to get this to these people. And I'm like, "Eh, that's not that much different from getting recruiting students, right? We want to recruit people to a program and then we want to recruit them for a case study to test a software. So I applied the same things. It was successful. Those tactics worked to get people engaged. And they were like, you want to do our marketing? (laughs) And I'm like, Sure, because they couldn't. Why not? It's like, I'm, I bear with you. My, my only formal marketing training or close to it is uh, my doctoral cognate for my doctorate in higher ed was uh, public relations media. Huh. So I have, you know, <laughs> tangential, but it's not, definitely not marketing. Yeah. Um, no but, yeah. So my, uh, yeah, so I was able to build on that. And then when I started the pandemic, it was all of a sudden, the pandemic hit and here I am doing virtual training and 
my consulting services just went woo, through the roof offering these. But the problem was they had to get people to buy in. So I started having to come up and help with their communication plan and their rollout. And that included marketing, internal marketing to their customers uh, in most cases, and then doing some external marketing in being able to come up with materials to say, hey, the training we're doing actually is validated and you know, counts for the training mm-hmm. that we're not getting at conferences because we're not going in person and all that kind of stuff. So it's been, uh, it was interesting that I pivoted into that. So then coming here into Merit, uh, it's more traditional marketing, but so Merit Network is a nonprofit. It's one of the oldest internet companies in the United States. So it's pretty sweet. Um, our, our conference that we're doing this year is like boldly go kind of Star Trek theme because Merit Network was founded like the same month that Star Trek launched in 1966. <laughs> Fun fact, right? So how yeah, could you awesome. not play on that when you have a golden thing like handed to you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh, what we do is provide middle mile back back haul uh, internet services to connect uh, research networks. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing across the U.S. of research and education networks. Uh, we have over 4,000 miles of fiber in the mm-hmm. ground in Michigan. And it's, uh, yeah, we serve all the K-12 schools, higher ed, libraries, government. So you could see the connection all of a sudden when I'm interviewing yeah. for this position and they're like, oh, we serve libraries. I'm like, got a library science degree, got a higher ed administration background. I can speak to the, the client base. Uh, K-12, again. So it's speaking that language as that translator, if you will, that becomes the role of my role here at Merit is translator between technological services to our members. Okay. So, I mean, if I'm I'm in a boat where I'm starting to look outside of the boat that I'm in, or maybe I'm already in the ocean and I'm looking for a life preserver, it's uh, take a training for free. Learn a language of a space you don't know yet. Engage with the people that you know and trust and maybe in the middle ground, not quite family, who can give you honest feedback. Test your messaging of what your skills are against people who don't already speak the same language you do. And just like learning to sell your product, learn to sell yourself, find the subject matter expert, know it intimately, produce some messaging that's geared towards who's going to be hiring you and what problem they're trying to solve. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's all in a nutshell, right? (laughs) All in a nutshell. Uh, Well, Barnaby, Dr. Barnaby Pung, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I know listeners got a lot out of this. Uh, Can't wait for the next time.